0: or freshman year feeling so like I should play but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime go to the weight taking everything serious and then it all finally paying off I just I just know I much more what I, I can do so I'm just keep going, see how so far I can take it post game press conferences there have been several things that, that happened even before the season started that you know, and, you know, they could have just, our kids could have just folded the 10. Uh, you know, it shows character. Game Previews Recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG You're listening to The Cho Show only on the SwabsReport.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for in to another episode of the Cho Show Podcast here on Hall I'm your host, Jonathan Godo, aka J G Smooth. And for the second straight week, it was not the outcome we were hoping for. Not it, it it was a better effort. I think if you were there from homecoming uh, this past Saturday against Fort Hayes State, especially in the second half. Uh, I think you, you you would have liked the fight. You would have liked the effort, especially shown by the defense there in the second half. I think um, it just by looking at the scoreboard, you could tell it was not as bad uh, of, a, of a performance as it was the week prior against Northwest Missouri State. Now, that being said, uh, it was still a loss. It was still a loss, sorry, loss. we'll get more into that later. Uh, but first as always we start off with other uco happenings here the soccer team moves to 7-1 and two on the season uh, with a 2-1 loss to fort hayes friday donald's fort hayes tigers Uh, but they rebounded with a 4-1 win over kearney on sunday they traveled to missouri southern on friday after missouri on sunday so i wish them much luck in those two games uh, volleyball moved to 12-5 on the season with a 3-2 win over Missouri Southern and a 3-0 win over Emporia before falling 3-0 to Washburn. Uh, they traveled to Northwest Missouri on Friday and Central Missouri on Saturday. So similar opponents uh, in, 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 in some respects, both volleyball and soccer teams. So again, I wish head coach Edgar Maricu and his Lady Broncos much luck in there to contest tennis tennis, tennis uh is a sport kind of I, I i'm not gonna lie to you here and i want to apologize uh to the tennis team i have completely whiffed um the fact that they have been playing in some tournaments uh but i did catch one tennis uh so sending the doubles team of paola landon and nikki bovard to the ita finals after they after their dominating five nothing performance uh to win their first regional championship so to Paola and nikki the chosho uh congratulate you and wishes you the best of luck uh in the ita finals again i, I completely whiffed on that that is my bad i'll be checking tennis along with the other sports as well from now on uh, women's golf women's golf with you recall when we came on here last week, they were leading after day one of the UCO Classic. I have indeed learned that they won, said UCO Classic. So, uh, congratulations to the UCO Women's Golf Team for defending the home, uh, the home green right there. Uh, they, they traveled to Central Missouri for the uh, Central Missouri Midwest Classic, then Men's Golf, finished fifth at the Kentucky Westland Fall Invite and they're competing at the Missouri Western Invitational at, at St. Joseph's Missouri. So I wish both of them the best of luck. And then wrapping it up here in other football news, um wide receiver, Johnny Bazel the fourth, who was a surprise starter uh, actually on Saturday, was named Lifter of the Week and defensive back Eric Butler was named the Red Shirt Lifter of the Week. So both those guys, congratulations uh, on getting it done in the weight room. Now, we must talk about Saturday's homecoming game. Uh, it obviously was not the outcome we were we were hoping for. Uh, it started off promising, you know. Uh, we got the ball first, we didn't score. They would score on their opening drive. We would then respond to the 11th play. 75 yard drive on a five yard touchdown pass that it's a pass but it's coming kind of those you know flips on like a jet sweep type of thing to Monte preach phillips that would unfortunately be the only score of the game as they proceeded to for his feet to score 28 points throughout the next three quarters uh with a 35 to 7 win it was 28 to 7 at the half uh we'll say the defense came out there in the second half, really put a heck of a ball game, really gave the offense a chance uh, in the game to come back because the first couple of drives, they forced a blocked field goal who we think was by defensive back, Chris Lewis, was not entirely sure who blocked that. But again, uh, special teams coach Tyler Holland, again, I, I, I would say what game five I would say four th- three and a half out of five games both teams unit has been spectacular uh, so I, I want to give him again credit on on the, on the field goal because again they, they brought the punt against Lincoln uh, they had gotten close to blocking some field goals earlier and they finally got the field goal blocked. so I, I appreciate the efforts there uh, then we had two interceptions on uh, um, um, back to back, we had one by Chris Lewis again. So if Chris Lewis did indeed end up marking that field goal, well of a game for Chris Lewis, and then one by Kobe Underwood, which was, which was a nice one off the receiver's chest. Uh, if I recall correctly here, the man caught the he he, he he caught the pass, never had possession when he went to the ground. Bounced off his chest, and Kobe scooped it up. So again, Kobe, as I mentioned before, gave up some play but again, getting that Zach Sanchez vibe, and this is more proof to add to that pudding. Uh, and then finally, here of note, I want to mention that f- uh, freshman defensive back Trayvon Craig, I believe, is from Wisconsin. Monster game on special teams especially in the in the punk coverage uh little lincoln it was little buck height and then early on it had been Kaden mendenhall now i noticed that Kaden mendenhall was among a couple of UCL Broncos that were out of the matchup. now i do have a list here um stefan starts was out Kaden mendenhall was out Taz griffin was out Adrian Cross was out Byron Burns also was out with an ankle and then unfortunately Marlo Hughes got hurt in the game as well Then early in the first half he had ice on his shoulder so Yeah, that led uh, Retro freshman maker Jason Harris from Booker T who brought a whale of a, of a fan base let, let me tell you his family was there all in number 36 Harris or, excuse me, 35 Harris uh, player shirt. And, and I mean, the, the, the couple of tackles that, that he made, you could definitely hear them cheering. Uh, and then Kyler Murray also started as well as Johnny by Zell. Now, it must here at Dustin Bosquez did not play in the game. He only got one snap because he is the holder, but he did not see any action at receiver. Not quite sure why. Uh, we believe it might be something disciplinary. Not entirely sure of that. Uh well we clearly would not have a press conference because coach after the game because coach was in a couple of player meetings. Uh, so not sure about that. And then also a note here Will Collins started the game as you here he had he had the touchdown pass. Keats came in in the second half. Uh yeah, well he did well actually Keats, Keats came him in 728 in the second quarter, threw a pick on his first pass, kind of stared the man down. A, a, a rare mistake by Keats. He would then start the second half. Uh but again the offense just never got going. Looking at the numbers, uh he stayed 24 first down. 179 yards rushing, 310 yards passing with five touchdowns, two interceptions, four hundred and eighty-nine yards on on the day. They point the ball three times, 40.7 yards a punt. Of this <clears throat> excuse me here. They in quarter one interception. They had the ball for 30 minutes, 52 seconds uh they were they were two of eight on third down so again the defense not especially in the second half i will say in the first half Hayes did not faced many first downs. i give russ pickett credit here the unit in the second half came out uh played much better and again i to say gave the offense a chance you're not able to get going they're one-on-one on four three or four in the red zone uh four failed field, that doesn't not seem right no okay that that that's that's not right um anyway th- uh three or four in the red zone um and they recorded two sacks and had seven points of turnovers for uco 10 first downs 115 rushing yards 123 passing yards one touchdown one interception only 238 yards of offense on 58 plays we had nine punts for uh for a 35.4 average uh, and then we were had the ball for 29 minutes eight seconds five of 15 on third downs over one on fourth one one in the red zone and we have also, as a defense, pointed out to me uh, by Chris Groenick that UCO has yet to report a sack this season. Now, that's problematic because we're in game, what about to be in game six? And there is no sacks. Now, we're looking here. Missouri Southern, who I criticized last year in depth for having two sacks with the game seven or eight uh we we now have none on the season now i can deduce here uh by looking just by looking at the past the problem here is the interior line the problem is the interior line the the defensive ends uh i would mention way back in the season preview are new uh, there were a couple new ones out there devin Badgick. I believe made his first start. He actually provided some pretty good pressure outside. Kalen Murray uh, also provided some good pressure outside. But the middle of the defense is where Fort Hayes really just dominated. Uh, it, we, we couldn't get off a block, and then when they did, the missed tackles were apparent. That has to be fixed. Now I know again we had some injuries there. But that 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 has that has been corrected because let, let me let me tell you, the opponent this week, uh, they they are the real deal. Um, so that 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 to me was the problem with the defense because the interior is not doing their job. It's forcing the linebacking core. Now we have a very good linebacking core, but it, it, it's it's forcing them to one have to make a whole lot of plays. Two is forcing me to have to get off way more blocks necessary because the interior linemen are not getting the job done Therefore the guards and the centers are getting to that second level and then getting to the linemen resulting in our defensive backs Having to make a lot of tackles which you never want to have happen if you look at our stats, I'm pretty sure pretty sure Jakari and O'Shea have been among the tackle leaders Uh, uh, on every every game, this was looking now. Jason Harris, a linebacker, okay, he led tackles second with O'Shea Harris for safety. So that's not that's not now as good as O'Shea is, he still should not be among the tackle leaders, especially with you know, it's because it's 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 just I don't know, it's something that that has to get fixed. Uh, I there's new faces there. I know. Again, I mentioned before they're they kind of they're kind of deemed up there, but that's something that we have to get more from that group. Uh, and Now, offensively, we have to get more from the offensive line. Now, uh, um, now I I know that coach uh, head coach head coach Nick Bobeck is the line coach. I know he takes great pride in that. I have no doubt that that will indeed get resolved because the talent is there. Talent is there. Where, uh, we, we have all-conference center Nick George, all-conference tackle Tyler, uh, Tyler Still. I mean, we, we, we have the talent there, so I'm not concerned. I mean, that that will get fixed. That uh, that, that I'm, I'm confident in. Uh, but it, it, it seems to me, and it also seemed uh, to my man James D. Jackson, the editor-in-chief of the Vista. That when, when 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 Will Collins is in the game, and again, there's just no knock on Keith because Keith is a great quarterback. Uh, there's just something that you do you, you would describe it as the it factor. It just seems the offense has a little extra oomph when he's out there. Now again, there's no knock on Keith because Keith, again, is is a, is a great quarterback. On giving time back there, but it, it just seemed like the offense, I want to say is in a different gear, but it, it just, I don't know, you, you, you just have a different feeling with, 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 with Will Collins in that game. Now, that that being said, you also won the risk because Will Collins does take more chances, both running and passing, than Keith does. So, you know, it's kind of a trade-off there. Again, I feel confident in either one um, but as we go through the numbers here, TJ Roberts, TJ Roberts was also banged up. He let it up the game twice. I think it was an angle injury. I, I know they had taped it up. Uh, he, he had, he went back out there. He finished with 51 yards on 10 carries. And then we'll call him second leading rusher, 24 yards on three carries. Peyton Scott got his first career carries. Uh, I, was, I was glad to see him. We know Tucker Pauly got his first career carry against Lincoln, and Sabre Daniels got his first career touchdown. So uh, Peyton Scott now had eight carries for 23 yards. And then receiving wise, Amante Pete Phillips, five catches, 44 yards, one touchdown. KJ Roberts, four catches, 17 yards. Peyton Scott, three catches, 24 yards. Josh Moore, two for 28. Uh, Diego Richards one for six. Dante McGee one for four and then pass. Will him 10 of 16, 73 yards, one touchdown. Heat six of fourteen, one interception, 50-50 yards, and was sacked twice. Uh punting the ball again, Jay to Deathco. Now the man's early punts uh were not the best, like I but he did rebound. He ended up with a long of 59. He had two down inside the 20. So, uh, again, I have to say, overall, I think you got to be pleased with the special teams. Uh, then looking at the Fort Hayes side. Uh, Chance Fuller, I, I mentioned Chance Fuller last week. I said he's not gonna wow you, he does not wow you, but he doesn't have to wow you. Or you have arguably the best receiver in the conference, Harley Hazlitt, 6'3", 20, 20, 22 pounds, who has six catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Absolute beast. And also helps with your line. I believe their smallest lineman, if I can find here, starting-wise, with your smallest offensive lineman, is 295 and the rest go 300 335 320 and 340 it's going to be tough i mean you you should have some time you you should you should have some time back there uh that is exactly what 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 was the case and then running the ball uh charles tigner 15 carries 83 yards and then dj hickman 16 carries 80 yards a fuller 23 or 30. Five touchdowns, two interceptions, 210 yards on the game. Now, it must be noted that when you did get the pass rush, is when the interceptions happen. well right, So I, I again that the pass rush from the outside again. I have to give kayla Murray and and Badger and the other ends a lot of a lot of credit there because that's where most of the pressure came from. Again, there was not much from the interior. That has to be that has to be rectified here uh, pretty quickly moving forward because this week's opponent 5-0 sitting atop of the conference in, an, in a three-way tie are the Central missouri Mills. Now Central missouri if you recall last year actually the Pavlik will yeah last year game came down to the wire. Uh, they had a chance to uh, tie the game And man Eli Hooks, who's now a a, a grad assistant on on the Marcos coaching staff, uh, had back-to-back sacks to secure that win for homecoming. Uh, This is a different team because that team did not have one man at quarterback. They had a sophomore quarterback. But uh, this team is led by a quarterback who I mentioned Three or so episodes ago, uh, when I when I saw him against Fort Hayes uh, on the NYAA show, showcase game replay on the Louisiana Cox channel, I said then he's an elite quarterback. I, I will tell you now he's a, he's an elite quarterback because coming off a seventy one to forty two win over Missouri Southern. Now again, I'm beating a dead horse. I understand this. Since Missouri Southern is an improved team. Now, I just feel need to keep saying that because whenever I read off the standings here at the very end, they're going to be still towards the bottom. I'm telling you, not the same Missouri Southern team. Uh, because as a matter of fact, they were tied at the half, twenty-eight to twenty-eight. Now I have never, in my brief time covering UCO, has ever seen Missouri Southern against. Against a team not named Northeastern State to be in the game in any way, shape, or form. Besides, I would say last year against UCO it was ten was ten to zero at the half. But I mean, it really wasn't. If, if you watch that game, you, you kind of know why it, it, it wasn't like it was a legitimate ten uh, nothing halftime. with was more of UCO kind of playing sloppy. Came out there, put the foot down. But in any case, uh, this is this is that this is an approved team. They then proceeded to get blown out in the second half, 43-14, to 14, which is not surprising. I doubt Missouri Southern has a whole lot of depth, uh, and including getting shut out in the third quarter, 23-0. Now, the quarterback in that, in that game that was named MIAA Offensive Player of the Week for the third time in five games is senior Brooke Bowles. 63205 uh, I said a score record with 7 touchdowns in that game. I'll say it again. So a score record with 7 touchdowns in that game. Uh, through 5 games has 1571 yards, 21 touchdowns to 4 interceptions, 314.2 yards a game. Also has 211 yards rushing and 2 TDs. So when I told you he's the real deal, he is indeed the real deal, um, and he is the catalyst for an offense. And believe me, when I, when I read these numbers, I had to double check, I triple checked, I quadruple checked, because these are staggering official numbers. Uh, he's the catalyst for an offense averaging fifty-five point six points per game. 245 on the ground, 342.6 through the air for 587.6 yards per game. Again, 55.6 points per game. 245 on the ground, 342.6 through the air, 587.6 total offense. When I read that, uh I was taken aback because as we know, I mean Fort Hayes put up they put up what a 489? Okay, Central Missouri coming in uh, is almost a hundred yards better on average. And I'm pretty confident the Ford Hayes averaging somewhere in the thirties. So, so we're gonna just tentatively say 25.6 points per game more than Ford Hayes. Uh, it's gonna be tough. I'm not gonna, sit there, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you here. Uh, it's gonna be tough. It's, it's, it's gonna be tough. Uh, uh, the uh, Russ picking has he's working out for him because this is a unit that can run and pass the ball efficiently. They are also 58% on third down, 50% on fourth down, uh, 86% in the red zone with 82% of them being touchdowns, 95% on PATs, and also two of two on onside kicks. Yeah. Uh, Now, if, if there is one kink in the offensive armor, it is the field goal. Okay? It's the field goal. And they are 2-4 now. Uh, UCO just bought a field goal last week. UCO also bought a punt. UCO has also done an immaculate job most times on tackling on special teams. I think this this is the advantage here. Uh, I feel like UCO has now a it, it, home field goal. The kicker, he has a long... We're going to get it here. Uh, Kicker, kicker, kicker. Mr. Chris Diddle, a sophomore, is 2 or 3 with a long of 40. Okay, now he missed a 48 yarder last week, so we can force a field goal attempt here. I'm liking the chances. I'm liking the chances because I'm telling you, if you see UCO's uh, punt block and kick block units, they get back there. I give them credit; they they really get back there. So that, to me, is the only kink right now. Officially, they're all. They also allowed 12 sacks season now. Hopefully, this is the game where UCO breaks that uh, breaks that the streak here. to to get a couple of sacks to add to that total. But when they do go to the air. Look for sophomore receiver Shea White, one ninety, has 18 catches, 507 yards, six touchdowns, at 28.2 yards per catch, 101.4 yards per game. Last week, he had just catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Then, not only that, so not only do you have a man here who's probably sitting in the upper echelon of receivers in the conference, They're tight end slash punter. Tight end slash punter. Uh, Junior is Zach Davis at 6'7", 245. Uh, Again, 6'7", 245. 15 catches, 417 yards, 8 touchdowns. uh, 27.8 yards per catch, 83.4 yards yards per game. Uh, Last week... He led with seven catches for 176 and four touchdowns. Also averaging 42.8 yards per punt with a long of 67, seven down inside the 20 and has three of 50 or more yards. Now, you know, again, I, I, we, we mentioned how UCLA has been putting uh, length in the secondary. It will be put to the ultimate test because Zach Davidson, I would imagine, to go on a limb, probably be a big red zone target. I don't know who will draw that matchup. Uh, Darius Winston, a Juco from, I believe, Midwest City, started against Fort Hayes. Uh, O'Shea, O'Shea was back to safety now i'm not entirely sure who will be drawing that matchup because regardless there's no one in this in this in the secondary for you show that that has that kind of size. even if you put in somebody like daniel bomb and neil bomber 6162 sticking up about five inches there so it's gonna be tough uh which be. Even more prominent why it is important that we get a pass rush. It, it, is, it is important that this be the game where the pass rush is there. Uh, then his other target, junior receiver Cameron Sanders, 6'2", 190, 15 catches, 208 yards, three touchdowns, had four catches for 37 yards and one touchdown last week. That's just them passing. Okay, so, you know, that's just them passing. When they go to the ground now, okay, they have two running backs, both juniors. Oh, uh Kobe Wilkerson, six foot 54 carries, two hundred and sixty-eight yards, six touchdowns, had six carries for 74 yards, two touchdowns last week, and then Devontae Turner, 5'9", 185 60 carries, three hundred and twenty-eight yards, five touchdowns. Both are averaging over five and a half yards of carry, I believe. Walker's averaging five point eight yards per carry. So, yeah, I, I just the defensive line uh, is really gonna have their work cut out for. They 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 really are because is an explosive offense that just looking on paper you can't pretend to think with, with, without some kind of pressure. Without some way to, to try to force the man. And as unfortunate as it is, because Brooke Bowles is great on the run as well. I mentioned that when I watched Four Days. Uh, he's great on the run. He, the, the man can, can improvise. So even doing that is not necessarily guaranteed to ruin the play. Now, it would assist, okay, because I, I don't care who, who you are, if, you, if you're throwing on the run and you can't set your feet. It will be nowhere near as accurate as if you can so it's still important for, for you to get a password it's also important to make them one dimensional now you're saying okay they're averaging averaging 245 on the ground 342.6 through the air Is it, it, making them one dimensional really going to do anything yes it will okay yes it will because again uh if you can limit them boom one thing you have a chance we go back to the pitch state game pitch state ran the ball at will in that in in the in the, in the first half uh Rush pickett made necessary changes they came out and the second half really couldn't do much and then because of that they went to the air and it resulted in some stops. So if you can limit them, force them to be predictable, you have a chance in this game. And I thought the still has to figure out, they have to shut down one. Uh, obviously you would, like to, you would like to see both, but legitimately here, we can limit one, kind of make them predictable. You know, like 70, 30% they're going to probably do this. I think we have a better chance. Now, when you look at them defensively, uh, they are allowing 30.2 points per game, 119.8 yards per game, six TDs on the ground, uh, 292 yards passing, 13 touchdowns to five receptions allowing 411.8 yards per game. They have forced 11 fumbles, covering five have recorded 20 sacks. So they're averaging literally about four sacks a game. Okay, so that that that's gonna be a stiff test for the offensive line. And we mentioned the past couple couple of weeks has been has been uh, uh has has been beat up. I mean there's no way it. They 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 have been they they they've been beat up against Fort Missouri State and they're beat up against Fort Hayes. So it's gonna be a third stiff test now. For the offensive line, uh, this is going to really show uh what they're made of here. Because uh, again, between averaging four sacks a game, uh, they're 39% on third down, 40% on fourth. uh They've also held opponents to three or six on field goals. Now, again, that that could be depending on the kickers, uh, how that go. I'm not sure how much they're blocks. Uh, there are one or two on onside, 79% in the red zone, 68% allowing touchdowns, and they were allowed 94% on point after touchdowns. Now, leading the defense is junior linebacker John Embry, 6'1", 230 pounds, has 32 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, and one sack. Uh, Followed them junior defensive back. Uh, Cody Bell is actually the second leading tackle of 5'10, 185 junior. 20, 29 tackles, 2 TFLs, 1 sack, 1 interception. Uh, the sack leader is junior defensive lineman Yubong Udom. 6'3, 265, 16 tackles, 5 TFLs, 4 sacks. So uh, he's, he's He's a pretty big-sized, big size man. Uh, he's joined also by sophomore defensive lineman Zach, uh, uh, Zach Ashman. 6'4", 275, 11 tackles, 4.5 TFL. He's second on the team with three sacks. And then you have senior linebacker Colson Crane, 6'2", 10, 18 tackles, two TFLs, one sack leaves the team with two interceptions uh there are three other players that have one so looking here they're they're, they're going to be big up front on defense uh they're probably going to be pretty big size on the offensive line it's going to be a stiff test it's going to be a very stiff test and we want to add more stats here to prove this they are, now these are their quarter by quarter breakdown of points they're outscoring opponents 52 to 31 in the first, 91 to 33 in the second, 71 to 30 in the third, 61 to 57 in the fourth, and then 3 0 in overtime. So to me, now again, this is, I mean, it's not saying much, but if you can survive. I mean, basically a three-quarter onslaught. But really, if you can survive that that two-quarter onslaught of the second and third, just being the fourth you have a chance in this game. Now, I, if you still could get to the fourth, we know in the past you still is a fourth-quarter team, or like we saw it against Pitt State, or we saw it against saw it against against Kearney. Uh, we saw it last year a lot, and we saw it in the bowl game too. So they can get to the fourth now. I would not write them off. It was getting to the fourth uh, is going to be, is going to be the big thing because when you're outscoring people a 91 or 33 right before half and then coming out of half, you're outscoring them a 41 point. I mean, that is, that is tough. That is really, really, really tough. So, uh, you know, Again, I, 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 I'm curious to see how this team will come out again. I mentioned last week that they were not going to come out and play as bad as they did against North Missouri. That was the case. Now, it, it, was it great? No. Because you still lost. Were, were, were there problems? Yes. Now, the biggest thing is the problems to me, especially offensively, are fixable. If they can shore up the line because they TJ Roberts uh, you might have been able to see a whole lot but you've seen flashes of why it, at least people who had the program including myself really think this man is one of the better backs in Division two football I truly I, I really believe that I man James believes that it would if the blocking does, If the blocking can get short can get can get sure up there I think he he will he will prove it. That will also help restore restore balance to the offense, if, if they can block for whoever's out there, whether it be Will Collins or Keats, uh, and, and we get the passing going. Because again, we had the receivers. That I'm not sure. I, I like to think that Dustin Boskis will probably maybe be back. But again, uh, Priest Phillips is, is a quality receiver. Uh, Josh Moore's a quality receiver. Mikhail Hall, who has not who has yet to really get golden this year. We have missed about four or 5 deep D-ball, a couple, which could have been touchdowns. Uh, so we, we, we know Mikhail Hall last year started off slow, but towards the middle end of the, in, middle and end of the season, really turned it on. Uh, you have him in Howe, i believe is still battling that shoulder injury, which is a 4 tyron howe again is another quality talent out there especially with size at six foot three and then Diego richards also has has proven his worth a long time a long time by Zell, who had a who had a nice catch across the middle it was it was, it was called back because it of, was of holding but it was a nice catch nonetheless So the receivers is there, you have the H-backs now, uh, Dante McGee, he had missed the, uh, he he missed the Lincoln game. He's a guy that I believe is the best receiver out of the bunch. Uh, You have Marshall Tolson, who is the best blocker out of the, uh, out of the bunch there. Then you have Daxon Williams. It was kind of I, I guess the more balanced of the two. Um, so again, the, the the weapons are there, but I feel like we have to shore up the line on on offense on defense. Again, have to shore up that inside. I know we're baiting up across the line there. Uh, we're, we're, and, I, and I don't know. I I know we, we we still rotate. We still rotate a lot because if you if you watch the games, you see them. You'll still see them rotate, but it still hurts because when you're missing guys like Stephon Starks out there, uh, you know, those are guys that played, regardless of rotation, still play a lot of snaps. So, to still lose those guys hurts. Uh, And then, in the linebacking core, I mean, you're losing... Losing Byron Burns hurts. Byron Burns was probably among one of the leading, leading tacklers. Marlo Hughes definitely hurts. Marlo Hughes was putting the corner, I firmly believe. Marlo Hughes was, 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 was playing solid football. Uh, even even in that Fort Hayes game before, uh, before it got hurt, really, really made a couple of nice tackles in there. So you, 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 so you really hate to see that happen. Unfortunately, uh, they also are deep across the board at linebacker. And then and then in the secondary, I, I, I don't know how much of it is solely on the secondary and how much is because of lack of a pass rush. Now, there have been breakdowns in the secondary, uh, especially when it appears as if they're going zone. And I, I, I'm not entirely sure what's causing the breakdowns. But there was a couple against Ford Hayden. You could tell that they were playing zone, and there was indeed a couple of breakdowns in the in the middle of the zone that resulted in in, in big games. But again, you get a, a, a pass for us, would would help do wonders there. So, to me, a key in this game. I mean, it it it, it, it looks daunting, okay? But I I still think. I still think that they will get a spirited effort, at least on the defense. Now, I need to see the offense. Yeah, I need to see them produce. I need to see them do more here because they have the talent. Excuse me, Because the, the, the talent is there. So the numbers we're seeing here really shouldn't be the case. So hopefully, as daunting of a task as it is, hopefully this will be the game when we get it turned around and we come out there and even if we don't win we have a good showing because i think as of right now i mean as as we go by the standings here system missouri northwest missouri and Pitt state are all tied at first at five and now then at fourth we have Fort hayes at three and two which is in a tie with the fifth and sixth which is missouri western and kearney who are all three and two then you show an employer right now are fighting for that seventh spot at two and three and he look at nine and ten in missouri southern and waspurn at one and four and then rounding out the conference here lincoln and north eastern state at over five now again okay at this point we can just go ahead and rule out the playoffs now this is not we'll have a lot of ball okay so it, 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 we, we so you, you would like to see some promise, some fight here, because even if you lose this game, we go to two and four, you still shouldn't be worried as a UCO fan, okay, because we started off one and three, it's going to be the same thing beforehand, Marvel right off some wins, okay, because if we're looking down the stretch, that really is the, the last, the last hardest Hardest game because then you have Missouri Western sitting at 3-2 at home. You go to one and four Wasburn, they get Missouri Southern and Northeastern State back-to-back games at home, and then you go to Corium. So to me, all those teams are definitely you're, you're, you're either evenly matched or better than on paper. So to me, if they can survive this game, we show some fight. I mean, if, if, we, if we get the win, fantastic. But if we go if we go into if we go into Warrensburg, Missouri, okay, and say we come out and we lose by fourteen points or less, I think you would have to be happy because that would show a lot. One, that would show. Uh, the, the fight of the team, I, I mean that's a part of the sort of fight, was sort the character of the players. Two, that would show improvements. Uh, that, that that would show improvements in a lot of areas against a quality football team on the road. Uh, and and it would and, and three, it would have to give you some confidence because you're heading into a stretch where you could realistically win out. I mean, there's a chance that even you, you're sitting at two or four. Realistically, they come out and look good against Central Missouri and, we, and we rectify the wrongs here. The, I don't see a reason why they couldn't go for a clean sweep and still reach the 7-4 mark again. I, I, I really don't see why that couldn't be a case because, again, the downhill stretch on paper, which is the key word here on paper, all, all those games look extremely winnable. Uh, that'll also depend on the health of these scene. Like we've already banged up here. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get banged up too much more. Uh, because you really hate to see the rest of the guys that are that are playing well. So it's gonna be interesting to see what to see what happens in, in, in Warren's Bird. I think it's the 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, you can watch it again on the MIW Network. That that is what I will be doing. And I'm hoping to see a more spirited uh, outing for from, 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 from both sides of the ball from the opening kickoff. Uh, ho- hopefully it is a close contest. Hopefully UCO can pull off up the upset. But if not, hopefully it is a showing that would still confidence moving forward into a stretch of, of, of really some key winnable games uh, because you like to think here. We already be Kearney. I don't know how Kearney will will end out. <clears throat> excuse me. Will end out here. But you, you. But I mean, we we still play Missouri Western. You, you still play Emporia. So those wins there could probably keep you in contention for that fourth or fifth spot, depending on how fourth four Ace finishes out, and still gives you a chance at a bowl. I know us and Wasps made it to a bowl last year uh so man, I think Walberg finished around I think mean, we were we were, we were the third or fourth or today. so walking into the fourth or fifth so again even just positioning ourselves for a bowl I know it'd be disappointing on some levels because we all thought that this could have legitimately been a year in which you should contended for a playoff spot but I still do they have a lot to play for besides pride here. Uh, you start with Charlotte at a winning record, you start at with a, at Charlotte at a, at a third straight bowl. I, I'm not sure when it was the last time that that occurred. So th- there's still something to play for this season. And I, I, I hope they realize that. I know the coaching staff, I, I know that they will do everything they can to make sure that they're prepared and and so they can come out that Saturday and hopefully pull the upset, but if it, it not really take strides in the right direction. Now before we end this here, I had a conversation in the press box. I, I forgot the officer's name for the edwin PD. Uh, he did take great interest in the podcast. So I do want to give a brief shout out here to, to the edwin PD for their support on the podcast as well. I'll be tagging them in this year. Uh but um uh, a couple of their of their officers really did inquire about the podcast really liked what we were doing here so that they would check it out so uh this is their this their big plug here so uh as we wrap it up here we'll be back here next week uh we're tapping a we're the game and preparing for missouri western again hopefully I uh, will come on here and, and and have a better result regardless of the, of the of the of the of the score because sometimes scores don't tell you the full story. So uh I'll be I'll be watching Saturday at one. I know it's OU Texas, so I, I know it's gonna be tough to turn away from that if you know the, the direct OU fans out there, but I'll be doing so. i I'll, I'll be I'll be watching, I'll be supporting you rooting for uco and hopefully uh this will be the start of a run towards the end of the end, end of the season here that started uco fighting for a win record and a ball burst so that's gonna do it uh, my name is jonathan goodo aka jg smooth and i'll talk to you all later that's all folks bye have a great time thank you come again